0: What about a parent or an adult displaying their own reaction to their child? Should your child see you're scared? Should the child see that you're crying? Short answer is yes. It's authentic if that's what you're feeling. But with the caveat that a responsible adult does not become so theatrical or so dramatic that the child is frightened that there's something wrong with you and then begins to shut down and doesn't want to share anything else. They have to be the focus. They can't now feel the pressure that they've got to worry about you or take care of you.
1: Beruchim A'baim and welcome to Torah Talks Chazak's Tuesday night program with special guests. We have with us Rabbi Dr. David Fox, all the way from Los Angeles. Rabbi Baruch shalom Malachim, how are you?
0: Thank you. It's a Sora Yaakov. It's a difficult time for all of us, and definitely,
1: definitely difficult times. Yeah, definitely difficult times for Ami, of the Jewish people, and that's exactly what we're going to be speaking about: uh, coping uh, with tragedy. And uh, before we begin, if we could get a little background of the Rabbi and the great work you're involved with.
0: Thank you again for the honor of being part of your very precious work. Uh, High Lifeline for many years, almost two decades has had a crisis, trauma and bereavement department and the services, the trauma crisis services are directed by me across the world. And we have trained teams in major cities, Europe, North America, Australia, elsewhere, who provide intervention service and crisis management services for the horrible range of trauma events that occur to individuals, to families, and to communities. Uh, my profession i am a forensic and a clinical psychologist and i am also with dayan and arav and i'm very involved in cheer and mentor education
1: amazing amazing rabbi so uh as was mentioned as we all know we're we're going through very difficult times uh the tragedy that happened recently in israel is, is is heartbreaking what should our mindset be in this difficult time rabbi
0: such a a significantly worded question, what should our mindset be? Uh, What I would counter is that healthy people have a mindset. Healthy, Healthy people, healthy, sensitive, caring Jewish people are in tune with the fact that they do have a reaction It's not particularly common and it's not particularly normal to have no reaction at all. So each of us wants to, if we don't reflexively feel, if we don't automatically have concerns and worries, instantaneously noticing that we're tense and that we have very, very strong reactions to this, if we don't immediately acknowledge what's going on inside of ourselves, we need to take the time to let those thoughts, those feelings, those sensations register. So again, what should the mindset be? The mindset mindset should be how you're reacting to it. And one should not suppress, deny, ignore, or try to distract themselves from the fact that this is catastrophic, There's bloodshed, there's atrocity. There are horrors that we thought ended about 70 years ago in the Jewish world. But again, a each of us, whether we're there or whether we're remote in Chutz La'aretz, we need to be clear that this is a deep, wound to the entire Jewish nation.
1: 100%, Rabbi. Um, Messages we should be telling our kinder, our children. What messages are these times of difficulty?
0: So let's start with the realization that we first must be aware of and acknowledge and accept our own reactions. We're no good to our children when they start voicing their own fears and their own reactions if we have turned off our own reactions. So our first step as responsible parents and as teachers, as adults, is to ensure that we are in tune with ourselves. And ideally that we have been able to turn to someone we trust who cares about us to begin expressing our worries, our doubts, our anger, our sadness, our fright, all of the different things that go on inside of us, we do need to take the time to process it with someone else. We all need that at a time like this. No one can get through this in a balanced way by remaining in solitude. Now, once the person is able to acknowledge what she or what he is going through, and maybe feeling more able to manage it because they have the supportive response of their spouse or their close friend or their rebbe or whomever they turn to, uh, then we can approach our children. Now, let's go through some unfortunate realities. First being that we can't keep the secret from our children because whether it's on the street whether it's on the playground or the classroom, whether it's because they access the same media that we do, whether it's radio, television, newspaper, magazine, or internet. But if our children have access to this information, they know it already, and they may know more than we think they do. And they may have already, unfortunately, been scarred by flooding their young brains with grisly images, which are very difficult to erase. So let's walk in with both eyes open as parents, as adults, that it's not what we tell our children, but it's really how can we find out what they already know, what they're already assuming, and how it's affecting them. Even in, let's say, the Chadorin, the Hasidic schools, children are not thoroughly insulated from the outside and from the media. So the way that we approach a child is not to interrogate them and not to lead them with questions, but really to preemptively say, uh, you know, and I know, that there is a war going on in Israel." there's fighting going on at yourself. We need to talk about it as your father, as your mother, as your baby. We need to talk about it. Let's begin with what you've heard. And again, not by interrogating the child, but only really just prompting them to share. And they may tell you explicitly, they may be more cautious in what they disclose. But our goal as parents with our own children is to prompt them to share what they've heard and then to give them the incentive to look together with us at how it's affecting them. Meaning, uh, let that child talk about what are the thoughts that she or he is having since they Are they having image flashbacks because they saw footage, they saw video clips, they saw TikTok or Instagram, which Israel are telling us not to have access to right now we need to realize that part of the terrorism the calculated terrorism from our enemies is to do exactly that the terrorism of the mind by exposing Jewish people to what they're doing to other Jews so we need to find out what's going on in the minds of our children and clump them. Let's talk about how that feels. It's normal, we tell them. It's normal to be sad, and it's normal to be scared at a time like this. And virtually any reaction that your child is going to share with you, rest assured, it's going to be a normal reaction. It's a very minor percentage of children or adults who go into an abnormal Psychological place when they hear horrible news. Most of them are having reactions, and they may be wary about sharing them. But that's exactly what we want to prompt them to do. So, when your child says, "I'm frightened," or your child says, "I'm scared," or your child says, "I'm angry," or your child says, "I'm confused," or your child, even maybe a teenager, speaks more existentially, like like how can Hashem do this? Or, how can I believe if this is what happens to good people? So whatever, virtually anything that your child, whether they're young or whether they're teens or almost adults, when they express things, so accept it. Don't criticize them. Don't judge them. Don't them or try to cheer them up. Don't try to convince them they shouldn't think what they think or they shouldn't feel what they feel, but you listen and you accept and you validate it because they've shared their truth of the moment. They've shared their reality with you. Even if what they say is not what you expected them to say, even if you thought they would be reacting differently, but if a child is able to say, I'm scared, I'm frightened, I don't want to go to school, I don't want to go out of the house, or... I can't stop crying, but I don't wanna cry in front of my friends, so I I wanna stay in my room. Or the child has a physical reaction, which means I can't eat, I can't sleep, or all I wanna do is sleep, I don't feel good. Or the child has a behavioral reaction, which means they're more irritable, just like we adults, or they get socially withdrawn, or they don't wanna be engaged in things that they normally enjoy doing. Again, thought, emotion, physical sensation, behavior, and also spiritual. If that's what is percolating in your older child, that how can I daven right now? Or the child says, I need to daven a lot harder. I need to daven a lot more. I can't ever speak and horror again. And the child starts making all sorts of kabbalot. No dream bit, Sarah, as Chazal tell us, and they're accepting all sorts of stimulus. Whatever they say, hear it, accept it, validate it, and let them know that at a frightening time like this, of course, you're feeling the fight. Or if they say it, they're sad, you say to them, this is a very, very sad time for us. And yes, you're, you're having some of that sadness. This is how we validate. The child says, I'm enraged. I want to go straight back at them. And they start telling you their fantasies of what should be happening to our enemy. Rather than say, well, that's not the Jewish way or that's the moral, this is not the time to reason with them, except if this is what they're going through, that that's what they're going through. No, once you've built up that trust with your child that they know they can share with you their reaction and that you're receptive and you're not criticizing them and you're not upset with them. And that you're not telling them, well, look, you know, it's not like that. You should look at it differently. When you're not doing any of that moralizing with them or placating them or minimization of the reaction. So this is when we talk with the children in a more encouraging way. Let's talk to what is our role right now. Let's take a look at some of the things that we as a family might want to be doing differently or working harder at some of the things that we might want to be avoiding at a time like this. And you collaborate with a child at an age-appropriate level. Children who are eight and above, they're usually delighted to look at something they can do so they feel they're helping in some way. You know, last Thursday night, I had the, the great honor to share a podium with Rebellia Britney, in Rosh Hashiva of Mir, um, and among the many astoundingly insightful messages he gave, he told the Chazal that when it came time in Chumash for Moshe to select soldiers in the Midbar, so the expression is elephamate elephamate Now, usually when we have a redundancy in a pasuk, it's just for emphasis, like Avraham, Avraham, Moshe, Moshe, Elephamate, Elephamate. So he brought a chazal that Elephamate, a thousand per tribe, a thousand per tribe means a thousand warriors and a thousand to pray for those warriors. Elephamate and an Elephamate, and and we we tell our children. We right now, we want to find out how can we be the Alephamateh? How can the be Amach in Israel? We're not going to put on a uniform. We're not going to get a rifle or a hand grenade. But what can we do? And, and I think what's usually helpful for young people is instead of taking on a grandiose Kabbalah, you know, that I'll never, ever speak Russian horror again, or I'm going to say all of Tehillim every day, even though these might be very, very spiritually boosting behaviors, generally what we tell the children is let's find something time-limited that you have to take on as a trial to see how you do with it. Let's, let's take on something that's doable so that you actually can accomplish it but then after a day or two feeling it's so burdensome then you feel guilty that you neglected it. So make sure it's doable and time-limited. And we tell a child at their age level—that's uh, something that you personally will find meaning, meaning that it has value to you as a child, as a girl, as a boy—that um, will augment your virtue, which means you'll feel that you're a better person because of it, and that you see that it's accomplishing something towards that goal of boosting the right. Right. sale of Kavayoho. Okay. Well. Um already, uh, of exercises faith in Hadish Bach at a time like this. This is where we get that Protective sense that Kodesh who is very close to us at this time. So these are the types of discussions we have with the children. Uh, I want to add. I don't want to, uh, Darshan. I don't want to let.
1: No, you. no, please, please. Uh, very insightful, very important messages of how to give this information and how to receive the information from the children. Please add, Rabbi.
0: Thank you. So yes. the question often raised what about a parent or an adult displaying their own reaction to their child should your child see you are scared should the child see that you're crying should the child see that you also have some some confusion or some numbness so the, the shorter answer short answer is yes it's authentic if that's what you're feeling to show your child that you too are affected by the frightening, saddening news. But with the caveat that a responsible adult does not become so theatrical or so dramatic that the child is frightened that there's something wrong with you and then begins to shut down and doesn't want to share anything else. So you can be real with your child, but they have to be the focus they can't now feel the pressure that they've got to worry about you or take care of you. So in a certain sense, we are tocho kabaro. Our insides are visible and audible to other people, but not to the degree that we have lost our role as the model and the mentor for that child. They still need to see that we're coping at an adult level. Uh, I'm going to just add two more things for now. The, The first is, let's remember that at a time like this, every Jewish parent has a mission. Your mission is to be an exemplary model to your child on how, a Jewish person with Yerat Shemayim faces adversity. You model that for your child. You talk about our we talk about our responsibilities to keep the faith and not lose the faith. My second message is a product of the first. What we find in mental health is that in order to promote our children's stability and what I call their mental hygiene, that's a term that I introduced on a prior Kazakh talk that we had when we were talking about suicide. But mental hygiene means the protective measures that we all need to take to maintain stability, to maintain our sense of security, and our wellness. So that's mental hygiene. I always say it's like wealth for the brain. It's the stuff that keeps the bad stuff away. So our mental hygiene means that as soon as we can, we and our children, even during an eight Sara, we return to our routine, which means the things we've always do, we go back to doing them. We return to our schedule, which means the things we've always done we do them at the time that we've always done them. So that means if bedtime was nine o'clock for your child, get them to bed by nine. And if waking up was at seven o'clock, they get up at seven o'clock. And meal time, and school time and work time and homework time, play time, socialization time, all the things that happen, the routine, they get back into that. Rambam speaks about this, about the beauty of being able to adhere to a routine because it's stabilizing, it's chisonia, the things that we do behaviorally on the outside, they actually shape how we feel inside. So routine is essential. Following schedule is essential. And structure, RSS, routine, schedule, structure. And the structure part means that all people children, teens, adults, that throughout our waking hours, we make time to eat. We don't give up food, no matter how we're not feeling an appetite because of our fear and our anxiety. We eat. We drink water. It's important. We don't overindulge in addictive things, whether it's caffeine or alcohol. We're very careful at a time like this. Our body needs to be maximally functional. We get our sleep. We do our hard work, whether it's going to your job or whether it's going to Kolil or going to yeshiva, but we do our hard work. The brain needs to remain activated. The brain can't be left shallow because, although I'm going to make an exaggerated remark, because I'll say, Abba may meviya shimum. That an idle mind is an arena for decay. And we don't want to do this to ourselves or our kids. We've got to involve selves and children with their social lives. Don't shun your friends right now. Get together with people. We need time for family. Families need to bond. And what I'm recommending is mealtime in the home. Don't talk about the tragedy in Eretz Israel. Well. Don't talk about the news, don't talk about politics, don't talk about money, don't talk about sickness, death, don't talk about work, even schoolwork, and don't talk about other people. Mealtime right now needs to be we're together. We have things we are grateful for as a family, we have nice experiences during the day, and we want to look at them. We want to express our gratitude. We want to look at a situation we observed, which was inspirational for us, a spiritually uplifting moment, ha'ara, a realization when we were saying but But that is very much part of our structure. Mealtime is cohesive bonding time. All of us, children included, we need downtime every day. You need time to yourself where you don't have to be doing anything other than just sorting through what's going on inside, even children. And then lastly, um, I shouldn't say lastly, I've got one other, but, but second to last we need creative activity, which means we need a creative outlet. Whether that's reading, whether that's drawing, whether that's painting, whether that's music. But we need something to stimulate the other part of our brain. Because stimulating the more creative part of the brain actually will help improve and broaden a person's positive outlook. So that's very, very important. And then now, lastly, (laughs) we've got to engage in something spiritual. Children and adults. Our tefillah must be tefillah, our learning Torah must be learning Torah. The casual discussions we have can be masim, mashal, something at an age-appropriate level, so that children, we really feel we are doing our elafimate work, that our armamentarium, our heavy artillery, we are outfitted by doing what Hashem wants us to do, because a lot of these chayalim right now they can't be doing a lot of those holy activities. And we pick up the burden for them. So our spirituality at a time like this is important. And, and talk with your family about bitachon. Talk about faith. Talk about what we believe and how we can strengthen our family.
1: Very, 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 very inspiring, Rabbi Dr. David Fox. A uh, very powerful inspiring and uh, on-point messages. Uh, many people are asking that, you know, I'm not an Eretz straw I'm not an Israel, I'm not a soldier. Uh, I'm not able to do, uh, you know, get, get, help out the straw But like the rabbi mentioned, everybody could do their part, wherever you are in the world, extra tefillah, more prayer, more learning, more tzedakah, whatever we could do to increase, uh, that will be very, very helpful to me. So Rabbi, we have a custom, we have a, a, a minag in Torah talks, Chazak, Torah talks, a final message for our broad audience, Rabbi.
0: Yeah, so thank you. We have to echo the many perceptive and profound words of the Navi. Navi tells us that we have haftacha, which means a pledge from above, but also an internalized conviction that when there is is eight sarah riako that when there is a dismal time for the Jewish nation, that, yvashaya, that we fully trust that Hashem will take us through this. Chazal don't tell us gamzu tova, that everything bad is really good. They don't say, tav, but they say, gamzu l'tovah, and avad l'tav of it, that we fully accept that this is going to be a predicament that Hashem has already begun helping us emerge from. We know Gemara in Shemad says, that one of the questions we will have to answer in Beit Din Shomala is Tzipito Yeshua. This is one of the first questions that we're going to be interrogated about in Achavitayyamin. That Tzipito Yeshua, did you anticipate? Did you look forward to the salvation and the Geula? Some of the Rishonim, Baalei Tosafot, ask if this is such. A significant responsibility. If this is such a serious thing that I'm going to have to defend whether or not I was Mitzapel Yeshua, then how come it's not in Tayyag Mitzvot? If it's so important, how come no one ever told me in the Torah that I have an obligation, responsibility to start preparing this Tzipel Yeshua? So one of the Balitosvas, the smag, Sefer Mitzvah Katan from one of the he answers it in his Haqtama. And he says that really this is one of the Tayag Mitzvot. It's the Mitzvah of Anochi Hashem Alokecha Aisha HaSehot Min mi Eretz Mitzvayim. Meaning, Korish Baal who starts off as her by saying, Remember, I'm the one who put you in Mitzvayim. And I took you out of it. And that becomes our paradigm that in each galut, each moment of tzara, the Hashem shemolo kecham mitzvah, that emphatic statement, I am the one. My God, my God. This is Hashem telling us, you can count on this. You can be mitzvah Yeshua. I put you in mitzvahim with the plan to get you out. I put you in the Inquisition. I put you in horban HaVayet. I put you in the pogroms. I put you in the Holocaust, meaning this was something that was preordained for reasons which are beyond us. But I also had the remedy on hand. And, and this is Yeshua, that let's not lose sight of the fact. Every Jewish person knows the Ten Commandments. We know they begin with, I am the Lord your God who took you out of the land of Egypt. And within that mitzvah is the powerful conviction that whatever goes on, it's time limited and he will be our Moshiach. He, with his help alone, in Odin and he will take us from this. And we teach this to our children, and we teach this to our spouses, and we teach this to our students, and more importantly, we believe it ourselves.
1: Very, very powerful, Rabbi Dr. David Fox. Very inspiring messages to point. We really appreciate everything that the rabbi does for quality of the Jewish people. We shall only share in smachot in all happy occasions. For now, we shall only hear good news. We want to remind everyone every single Tuesday night at eight thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Chazak Tor talks with special guests tonight. We have with us Rabbi Dr. David David Fox. Uh, and, uh, coping with difficulties and challenges. And, uh, we want to thank all of our podcast players and tourney time and daily giving. Uh, dollar day goes a very far way. And, uh, for future, uh, guests and programming, please reach out to Chazak, C-H-A-Z-A-Q dot O-R-G, info at Chazak dot org. And, uh, we should only hear good news. And I want to thank Rabbi for, for, for joining us. Thank you.
0: Thank you. We will
1: hear Brahma.